Ladies and gentlemen, you know what that sound means. It means it's episode 179 of the Personal Arrogance Podcast, brought to you by the Bald Move Network. I am one of your hosts. My name is Eric. Eric Walquist. <laughs> and joining me this week, as he does each and every week, is the other host of the show. His name is... My name is Jesse Wilson, but if I was a Transformer, my name would be Amazon Prime. <laughs> I just I love the I can't I love the lines that are coming to mind with that. It's like I'm gonna deliver him a punishment for yeah. free. <laughs> It'll be there in two days. <laughs> you could have drones that come off of his body. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Oh man, how was your week, buddy? Good. Um yeah. I bought a chainsaw. Yeah, I saw that on Facebook. Yeah, I had another tree come down and this one came down across the uh the driveway. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I need a chainsaw. I can't live here without one of these. I like how there's like little difference now between you and my great great grandfather <laughs> who came here from Sweden to be a lumberjack on the Olympic Peninsula. Yeah, the Olympic Peninsula will do that to you. <laughs> like it you got really the beard, will. you got the flannel, and now you got the saw, <laughs> and you're just chopping up trees. Yeah, this was kind of like baby's first chainsaw, though. Mm -hmm. It was only 99 bucks, and it was Prime eligible, so free shipping. Hello. And um, it's like entirely, the the body is entirely made out of plastic, Uh which is a little sketchy. Sure. For a chainsaw, and then, and it's electric, too. So I know next time I'm going to need one, the power will be out. (laughs) I have Uh, guaranteed that at this point. I need an over-under on how long it will take you to chainsaw through the cord. (laughs) <laughs> um I, you'd have to be pretty motivated you'd have pretty to be motivated. doing some wild chainsawing for that <laughs> well who knows you might think i'm juggling jesse yeah don't use electric chainsaws for chainsaw <laughs> juggling that's that's just good science oh man well this weekend i went on a treacherous drive through the mountains uh oh, yeah yeah cascade was, yeah i went to um Went to this little family get-together with the lady's parents over in Chelan, Washington. And uh, the, you know, it hasn't snowed basically in the mountains all winter. And then this weekend it decided to do it all at oh, once. Oh, did it finally dump? Yeah. So, <laughs> turned a three-hour drive into a six-hour drive. Yeah, I've done that mountain pass uh, drive when it's just started snowing and then uh-huh. it starts building up yeah. as you're going. Exactly. Yeah. You're like getting tailgated by semi trucks and stuff. It's scary. Yeah, basically that is that's exactly what happened. So I was like, well, fuck this, guys. I'm turning around because we had made it over Snoqualmie Pass, so we were in Eastern Washington, but they were uh-huh. going up Blewett Pass, which is like the remote pass, the remote mountain pass. It's called Blewett. Yeah, Blewett Pass. That's a bad name. Well, I nah, we, we blew it. You blew it, buddy. I I know. I I did blow it by going up there. So I like went up there, and so I was like, I'm turning around, drove around, went down to Ellensburg, went out into eastern Washington, and then drove up the other side. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so, those mountains. Those mountains will do it, man. Well, yeah. speaking- and consider people like, you know, just walked over them. Uh, that's what I just can't imagine. I can't either. I, I can't. That's why I think people settled, like, the Great <laughs> yeah. Plains. Yeah. Like, oh, screw this. I just like I think about that because when we were on the you know on the eastern side looking up at those mountains and thinking like from a pioneer's perspective, being like, no, 
Now, well, I guess we're Wenatchee. stopping. <laughs> Wenatchee is yeah. Wenatchee is a uh, native word for close enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> <laughs> this is good. This is fine. This is close enough. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, uh, let's move on to our uh, what are you drinking segment, Jesse. What are you drinking this week for beer? I'm drinking a little PBR, actually. Mm-hmm. And I got some porter from work uh, in my mini hydro flask waiting for after the break so nicely Looking done forward to that yeah um well lydia made me like a hot toddy so i'm drinking that right now sweet and then in the reserve i got an arrogant bastard ale Ooh, yeah i'm, the, I'm uh, excited the old standard the old standard and i uh, just want to remind people at the end of february uh actually i think it's the beginning of march will be when the meetup happens march 1st saturday march 1st we're going to be having a meetup down in San Diego, Bald Move Meetup. Uh, I'm going to be there. Gino's, or his name's Jim, I guess, is going to be there. Uh, Aaron's going to be there. Hopefully, we'll get some Bacosho ladies down there. Uh, Rocky Mountain correspondent Levi's going to be there. So if you're going to be there anywhere in the Southern California region, uh, drop us a line and we'll let you know what's going on. There'll be a Facebook event plopping up soon on the Bald Move Facebook page. Plopping up? It'll plop up. Are you going to Strange Brew? Uh, I don't know. When is it? 26th or 25th i think it's like friday saturday 24th 25th of january Mm -hmm. um i don't know maybe we should be working on my strange brew beer (laughs) i just dehydrated a bunch of bananas banana hammock uh (laughs) 2.0 i did one last year Uh uh-huh and the, the goal is to um try and replicate a uh banana split so mm. banana vanilla chocolate strawberry and I think I'm going to bring a few cans of whipped cream and some Mar- oh. maraschino cherries. Yeah. So whipped cream topping with a cherry on top. You I'm going to win this thing this year. You should get crushed nuts too, like crushed peanuts. Yeah, I don't want to – I mean, that would be a really nice touch, but I'm already going pretty overboard. Why not just make it super overboard, dude? <laughs> I'd yeah. say overboard is not overboard enough. For the first five customers only. All right, you got You also got to wear like a paper like hat and like that a white apron funny. and make it totally like barbershop. That would be I guess pretty ice funny. cream shop. I was uh, thinking of wearing my DJ Lance outfit. Oh, I like it. Because why not? Strange well, brew. Yeah, why not? Um, <laughs> uh, and then we're going to dedicate the episode this week to to you, Jesse, and to me, and to everybody rocking the blue and green this weekend. That's right, oh, the twelfth yeah. man. Gets well, fan the fan. ghetto. I'm uh, pretty nervous. I'm nervous, but I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm not all. Less yeah, I, I still feel confident that the Seahawks are going to win. Well, I'm getting to the point where it's like, if they win or they, they're going to win or they're going to lose. The one of yeah. those two things is going to happen. So that's true. We'll get to that a little later in the Facebook roundup. They could draw. No, they can't. It's the playoffs. All right, playoffs. Playoffs. Um, all right, let's move on to listener feedback. We got a slew of listener feedback this week. Uh, thank you, listener, for listening and for speaking back to us. Uh, let's uh, start off. Oh, my God. This is like the greatest thing ever. So uh, we got a couple of weeks ago, we played this very mysterious uh, butt dial phone call. Um, and in fact, I got it queued up right here. This is this is what we got a couple of weeks ago for a phone call. On a call that I'm having. <laughs> on what call? Okay. <laughs> so it's very mysterious. Not really sure what's going on there. But we played it on the cast anyway because we do make that promise 
If you give us a phone call, we're going to put it on the show. Uh, but Kevin decided to write in. He is the culprit of the phone call, or actually his girlfriend is. He says, hi, boys, or his wife is. He said, hi, boys. My wife was tinkering on my new phone and saw drunk dial in my contacts and decided to call, thus that butt dial in episode 177. What you all didn't get to hear, or maybe you cut out, was me explaining the number was your voicemail line. She is not a listener or even into podcasts, so you can imagine how difficult it was to explain why I would label a podcast drunk dial. And then he has a little uh, a little uh, a script here of what happened. The wife says, what is drunk dial? He says, uh, it's a number for a podcast for the guys in Washington. It is, because I just dialed it. <laughs> Has a look of has a look of suspicion. Uh, okay, well let me uh, well let me hang it up. Why? Let me hear the message. Listen to generic message. They talk about beer and on, and encourage drunk dials. That's not what you think. You don't have a secret family or a gay lover, do you? No. That went on for five minutes. Anyway, happy New Year, guys. Looking forward to another year of listening to y'all, Kevin. This is I never even thought about this uh, possibly happening. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I never thought this was a possibility when we tell people about the drunk dial, that uh, their wives would get suspicious if they see it in their phone. Mm. But I mean... Yeah, I, I think it's a pretty bad uh, cover if you're trying to cover your secret family. <laughs> That's call it drunk dial. <laughs> or like, yeah. like, Steve. Yeah. Mike from work. Everyone works <laughs> with a mic. Everybody knows a mic. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, and then uh, let's move on to another voicemail. This one comes to us from, I believe, a new guy, and he's from Ohio. Here he is. Hey, guys. This is Brandon from Ohio. I just found your podcast two days ago. I'm a firefighter here in Ohio. Um, Yeah, I was listening to it on shift. Um, I have not caught up so far. I just I've listened to about 10 episodes, and I understand Jesse either works or owns a brewery. I'm not 100% yet. Um, and I was curious if he had any suggestions. I'm an extract brewer, uh, just homebrew, and what he would suggest that I, getting ready to brew, any suggestions for what I should just brew right now. Um, <clears throat> I also just listened to the Christmas ex- episode. And this is a little behind the times, but I was curious. You were going across or discussing family games, and one I picked up for Christmas for the family was Sparkle. Um, it's a dice game that's fairly entertaining. I don't know if you guys have ever played that, but um, it's good for when the kids go to bed and friends are over and we just drink beer and play. Um, also... Picked up Zombie Side. I don't know if you guys have discussed this yet or ever played it, um, but pretty fond of that. If you have any suggestions for games similar to that, doesn't have to be a zombie game, but kind of the RPG style. Um, and other than that, I don't know why I'm saying this yet because I haven't gone back far enough. But get off my back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's ever going to really be satisfactorily uh, revealed. What? Why? Why we say get off my back? Yeah, it's a long, diluted story at this point. <laughs> yeah. I remember the originator stepped forward at some point, but honestly, I can't remember who he is. He's in the Personal Records Hall of Fame, but it's, uh, um, John or Don from Texas, one of those Ron, Texans. maybe Ron. Yeah, I say brew whatever you feel like. I mean, 
but you like the saisons. You've been doing a lot of saison lately. Yeah, yeah. I'm. That's kind of my uh, thing. But that's because I like drinking saison. So just brew whatever you like to drink. Brew whatever you like to drink, and don't uh, brew something for me. Brew it for you. <laughs> uh, the other part, uh, uh, Zombicide. You know, I haven't actually played that game, but I've seen some playthroughs of it. I haven't it. heard of it. It's like a scenario-based zombie game. So it does have a lot of RPG elements in it. I believe that you could become a zombie if you get bit, which is kind of a cool mechanic. Uh-huh. Um, but in terms of, like, RPG-slash-adventure-style board games, I mean, uh, Arkham Horror, man. If you like... Arkham Horror sprung to mind. Yeah. I mean, Arkham Horror is basically you're, the board is DMing you and trying to kill you. And uh, you're trying to wait, fight your way out. So... I would do that. And then the third thing here, Brandon, is I don't really understand what your deal is because you've been listening to this now for two days and you're not caught up yet. I mean, our back catalog, it's it's not that big, man. You should be listening day and night. This is the new listener uh, obligation. Even if you did, you wouldn't be able to listen to it in two days. I know. That's true. If you listen to all our episodes back to back, I can't imagine. Like, you will go insane. <laughs> I think we, so. Um, we on on have... the other, to go back mm-hmm. a second, yep. um, there's an RPG style game that is a classic and was just re released by Z Man in 2009 called uh, Tales of uh, Tales of Arabian Nights. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And apparently, that's one of those things where it's got like a booklet and it gives you a bunch of options and you choose what you want to yeah. do and then it, you like flip to the page and it you know read out what happens and that might be something you enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. I've um, only ever played the classic one, but I really enjoyed it when I played it. Yeah, I think that, that I mean, that's a game, I've, I've watched some playthroughs of that as well, and it's like, I have I definitely want to play that one. That's, I want to play that like too, maybe at PAX this year. Maybe. Yeah, I just, so I kind of figured it out. We're on episode 179, uh, and I said, because like, our, our first 100 episodes were basically an hour long. Um, and now they've gotten a little longer. So I, I'm guessing like an hour and 15 minutes is kind of the average length of our episode. So if that's the case, uh, then we podcasted for over nine and a third days. Wow. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what they used to like. Um, I don't want to say torture, but punish people. <laughs> right. You know, like in the hole. Extract them. They, yeah. They just buildings. play uh personal arrogance nonstop for nine and a half days. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's what my wife does to me when I'm spending too much time in the bathroom. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> right. That's like her wrap it up music yeah, exactly. at, the, at the Oscars. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Uh, we got an email here from Elliot. He says, oh, where, what did he say? He says, sup, bros. Um, he... Uh, says, I'm a nerd, so I feel de- uh, drawn to y'all's topics. He is from Texas, so he says, y'all. Uh, been meaning to email y'all and ask you for some ideas for nurseries. My wife's pregnant with our first son, and we have been trying to uh, think of some good nerd-based nursery themes. Uh, keep in mind, she's already declined Futurama, but she hasn't said no to Super Mario. Uh, just looking for something to be a little more original. Uh, Jesse, new father. Actually, not congratulations. That yes, but congratulations. And uh, I love the Futurama idea. Too bad. Maybe, maybe you just kind of harp on that one a little more. Why don't you could just do like a, a space theme that's not Futurama? Alien, kind of a generic space theme. I think an alien themed room would be great. I've uh, <laughs> I told Lydia that you know 
when we have a kid, because we do like these kind of group costumes, I think a really good group costume would be like if I was Riley, or no, if my kid was Riley, and then I was the machine, the big yellow machine. And Ripley, could, Eric. Oh my Ripley. gosh. Oh my gosh. Believe it or not, I forgot it. Uh, <laughs> Ripley. God, why did I say Riley? I don't uh, know. You went like into boondocks there. I know. <laughs> this is some sort of boondocks crossover. Oh, man. You were just thinking of your favorite NFL player, Riley Cooper, too much. Absolutely, man. Love the locks. Uh, anyway, she, my daughter would be Ripley if I have a daughter. Ripley, I'll be the big orange machine, and then Lydia can be an alien. Like, that's a good combo. Yeah, it's going to be hard to pull off an alien from aliens. Oh, we can do it, dude. I would m- maybe go with, um, I mean, you're kind of mixing alien and aliens here, but mm-hmm. like, uh, the the original guy from the Nostromo who has the chest burst open and yes. have like a little chest burster sticking out. Yeah. Except the chest burster is your baby. Or uh, I mean, you could do that. Maybe if you have twins. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, anyway, back to nursery. Uh, yeah. The space theme is good. Like if you went straight NASA, that would be cool. That would be pretty cool. Um, and that's classic, like the uh, the mobile. Yeah. The spinning Space mobile. mobile. Uh, you can have the bed be like a rover. It could be really cool. <laughs> you could have like glow Mars in the dark on stars side. are going to be money for a while anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, that's yeah. like a built-in nightlight. Exactly. I love Russell it. Nisha has this thing. I see commercials for it every now and then. Mm-hmm. Which you probably don't, because I'm sure you don't watch as much kids TV as I do. But it's like this little like toy, and then it's got a projector that projects stars on the ceiling. And oh, she yeah. loves. She has it? Yeah, she's got one of those. She's oh. nuts for it. I want one of those. <laughs> um, gosh, what else? I mean, Mario is good. I think, I if think you, Mario is pretty if cool. you could do Mario, I mean, maybe if you could do, like, Luigi's Mansion. Well, if you do Mario Lemieux, nothing but Mario Lemieux. Yeah, Mario I <laughs> love it. Just, like, a, a goal on one side. Toss in a Guy Lafleur mm-hmm. and a Chichu. Yeah, good measure. And then you can have the crib be a Zamboni. <laughs> and connect it to like four Roombas so it actually runs around the room. I'm going to go to a Brony convention z- dressed as a Zamboni and say that I'm a Zambroni. <laughs> Love it. And uh, see what happens. Why not? <laughs> There's no reason not to. All right, let's move on to... <laughs> There's absolutely no reason There's not no to There's no reason that. not to. Why not? Uh, uh, other things here. Oopsie Daisy. Sean O'Connor actually sent us pictures of his, uh, Catan thing that he had made for him, uh, for Christmas, which is really cool. Uh, Levi sent us a thing of, uh, Marshall Lynch made out of Legos, which is pretty cool. Um, and then we also got this, uh, (laughs) this voicemail from Roger Dotsy. So a little connect the Dotsy right here. Hey guys, it's Roger Dotsy here with a connect the Dotsy. I just wanted to chime in on a couple of things. First thing is, and I meant to do this last week, but uh, you did set, no listeners called in and gave their two cents, so I'm going to go ahead and call the tiebreaker on the uh, Bill Burr versus Louis C.K., redhead of the year, and I think we need to give it to Bill Burr, and the reason is, is he is a cast member on Breaking Bad, and that in and of itself, being a cast member on the number one show of the year needs to tip it in his favor. Secondly, highly recommend getting a 2 slash 3DS. 
I don't think I'd like the feel of a 2DS, but I got, uh, when I graduated from dental school, I bought myself a 3DS as a graduation present to myself because I actually haven't held a handheld since Game Boy Color. I actually haven't owned a video game system since I lived with my family because they were a bunch of brothers. So I was like, I'm getting this thing. And I knew the new Pokemon was coming out. I knew a new Zelda was coming out. Guess what? I haven't even played. I got Zelda for Christmas. I haven't even bought Pokemon yet. And I'm loving this thing. Like, not only do you have a great catalog of 3DS titles already with the two aforementioned games, and you got uh, Luigi's Mansion is fun, Animal Crossing is fun. Uh, there's there is all kinds of 3DS games, plus you've got the whole catalog of DS games at your fingertips. There's, there's, there's so much to do on this thing. I, like I said, I haven't even gotten into the two games that I bought it for. And I still, I feel like I'm not even in a rush to get to it. So seriously, if you ever want to gift yourself or you want to gift each other because you guys are, you know, buddies, <laughs> give each other two DSs. It's, fun. It's a lot of fun. I love it. You can play it on the go. You can play it before you go to bed. I'm busy, so it's nice. I can play five minutes, put it down. It's awesome. Um, also, Eric, I recently, last summer, I played through Pokemon Red, which was an inspiration, and it was a blast. It's so much fun. Get that shit out and play it. That is a great game. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, nerding out, love you guys, love listening, have a good one, stay arrogant, bye-bye. Bye-bye, Roger, get off my back. We love you, too. Oh, Roger Dots. What did he say? He said, like, doting out? I think he said nerding out. Oh, nerding out. Gotcha. Might have had a little cold or something, Uh, or just have a deviated septum, which we all know what that sounds like. He probably had someone's fingers in his mouth. <laughs> That's, That's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a baby joke. Oh, no. Well, could be. Well, it could be. <laughs> All right. So let's listen to feedback for this week, guys. Uh, thank you so much for uh, writing and calling in. You can always write us an email, personalarrogance at gmail.com, or you can give us a call, leave us a voicemail at 360-362-0024. Sorry, I had the burp. Uh, all right, Jesse, let's move on to the little tiny Matt Roloff. What do you say? Yeah, let's get on with it. Okay, we're each going to roll 20-sided dice. See who gets to talk first on the podcast this week? I rolled a whopping four there. I rolled a whopping 17. Ouch. All right. Eric Reshinator. Uh So this is actually going, uh, this is going to be a topic that's coming to us from our Facebook roundup this week. Um, and I have to find it, of course. Um, this one comes to us from Adam. Adam writes, what is the greatest video console of all time? And why is it Super Nintendo? So we're going to talk about video games. Here we go. Finish him. So, Jesse, I thought we'd do something kind of interesting here, uh, and uh, it's kind of groundbreaking, so get ready, guys. Uh, I thought we'd do, like, a reverse countdown, okay? 
but we mm-hmm. we're going to trade off. Okay, so we're going to do the top six consoles of all time. We're going to start at number six. Uh, you could pick number six. Isn't that a countdown? It is. A, it is a countdown, but it's like a reverse countdown. So, like, you pick one, and then that means I can't pick it for number five. Oh. That's still just a countdown. It is a countdown, but it's like a weird way of doing it. <laughs> okay. I okay. thought reverse countdown would be a count up starting at one. Well, we could do it that way too if you want. No, I don't want – I just <laughs> want to make sure you know. Okay. So uh, we're going to do top six. Since this is my topic and I want to roll off, I'm going to do number one, which means you got to do number six. So, Jesse, what is the number six video game console of all time? Um, Jeez, I mean this is a hard way to think about it. Right. I guess uh, I'll go with PlayStation 1. Mm. No, I'm going with Sega Dreamcast. Sega Dreamcast. Okay, why? It was fun, uh, and it, it edged out... I oh, got it. It was coming out like right before the PlayStation 2, I think. Uh-huh. So it, it kind of edged out like the GameCube and the PS2. Right. That generation. And it, it, it had a, a heyday where it was the... The only next-gen console on the market. Right. <laughs> and it had, like, uh, Jet Grind Radio, which was a lot of fun. I want to mm-hmm. say it had, like, a heavy metal game. Right. That was fun. I don't know. I remember playing that and enjoying it when I was a kid for a brief amount of time. So one And of then the, it died. One of the craziest things about the Dreamcast, and I, ne- I never realized this until this year at PAX, because I had never really seen a Dreamcast live in person until then, was that you would put in a cartridge and then put in a CD... For the games. There's like hmm. a cartridge slot, and then there's a CD slot. Yeah, I don't remember that part. And there's like a weird window on the... Uh, yeah, on there's the a window on the controller, controller that would be like, bam, pow. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. Um, okay, so my number five console of all time. I'm going to have to go... I'm going to come out of left field a little bit here. And I'm going to go with the Nintendo... Virtual Boy, which was uh, a big red thing that you put your face in, and it was 3D. That, I mean, come on. that was That's a notorious flop. Though. I loved it. I totally yeah. remember when that thing came out, and uh, I was like in fifth grade, and somebody brought it to school and playing Mario Tennis because it was also 3D. How did you bring that to school? I don't know. It, like, you would need like a trombone case to carry it around in. <laughs> it was like a violin case. Uh, but they had Mario. What I remember playing on it was Mario Tennis, or I think it was like Wario Tennis. Uh, <laughs> it does make a big difference. It does. But the 3D was amazing. I mean, it was really like the first 3D console. And now we're talking about like the Oculus Rift, which is like 3D, and you put out your face on it. And uh, this was happening with Nintendo like over 20 years ago. Or 20-ish years ago. So, uh, this is my pick, Jesse. So, for number five, I'm going to say the Nintendo Virtual Boy. Okay. All right. What do you got for number four? I'm trying to reverse engineer it here. Right. Um, I only got two picks left. I, I'm thinking about the things that I want to put ahead of this. Okay. Because um, there's some great consoles out there. I think that NES might be a legitimate number four best. Okay. Because it, it had so many great titles. Um, that spawned timeless uh, series that we still enjoy today, like yeah. your Final Fantasy and your Mario's, and um, I don't know, so on from that. Mm-hmm. And 
it is it was like the console that kind of pulled con like home consoles right. out of this weird funk that they had gotten into where they were kind of crummy and way too expensive and it was mm-hmm. actually a good console for a reasonable price and right. kind of revived uh home video game use it basically made it legitimate i mean it made it like a like you know you had like your Coleco vision and your atari 2600 and but this was like the console that that like put it got in everybody's home right right and the price point had a lot to do with that also mm-hmm. the quality of the machine itself and the right. titles so and the thing yeah. is a freaking tank you plug in any original nes today a product that's like over 25 years old and it works like those yeah, things are crazy Yeah, there's no way, like, Xbox has that legacy. No! Especially Xbox 360s. Yeah, exactly. No, and I I'm, understand. I'm We're dealing with much more complicated machines now and everything. But, yeah, it really is a tank. It really is, dude. Like, and, uh, you know, same thing with, like, the original the Game Boy. Game Boy. I, I, like I said, I fired up my Game Boy that I got in, like, 1989. Things still works great. Yeah, that's Works rad. perfectly. Not a burned pixel on it. Uh, so for my number three console of all time, this one's tough, Jesse, because I think I know. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to even, like, <laughs> at this point, there's so many great options, and it's hard to pick, like, the top three best consoles of all, right, all time. All right, so I, I originally did six just because I thought that it would be easier, but it turns out it's tougher. So we'll go top eight, which means that now this is number... <laughs> no, let's stick to six. Okay, okay. Oh, man. So I'm wrestling between two consoles right now, and I hope you pick the other one for number two. Uh, but for the number three console of all time, I'm going to go with the original Xbox. Yeah. And there's a few reasons for it. First of all, uh, it introduced Xbox Live, which is now like online gaming on consoles is like second nature. But Xbox Live was you know launched on the original Xbox. Uh, it's kind of... I don't know. It, it really opened up this new generation of consoles. I think that you can look at before Xbox and PS2 and then after Xbox and PS2, and it's two completely different gaming worlds. I don't know if that's true. I think PS1 is the thing that really busted it open, or you could go to yeah. N64. Yeah, but just the graphics were so good, you know? for uh, like the graphic- I think there might be a little bit of uh, nostalgia <laughs> I think the gra- that statement. The graphic jump was pretty big with the Xbox. Like even the PS1 was like super pixel. If you had a dude, he was basically looked like a weird scarecrow. Yeah, you're right. There wasn't that much of a uh uh graphics jump from say a Super Nintendo to an N64. Not at all. Basically none. Uh <laughs> Just remember like the first time you like go in the Blood Gulch and you look up and you see the halo in the sky. Like, that kind of experience wasn't really around before then uh, on the console market. So, uh, but even just for Xbox, I think just for Xbox Live alone, it's a pretty monumental uh, accomplishment. It's also Microsoft's foray into the gaming arena. So I'm going to go with the original Xbox for number three. Yeah, I think that's probably the biggest thing that Xbox busted open was uh the whole online thing and they did it really well yeah especially with not initially but with halo 2 oh my right. god and that's the thing like that's what they did they were like they introduced this awesome game in halo which was a great local multiplayer experience and then basically halo 2 revolutionized 
uh, console yeah. gaming for like they the were rest like, of the time. what if you could do this with everyone else in the world? And, every, and they actually executed it well, which is amazing for the time because like the lag and like the the internet infrastructure at that time was completely different than what it is right now. Yeah, and that's I remember true. the first time I went and played Xbox Live at Levi and Jordy's dorm room. <laughs> played Halo 2, and I was like, this is the most insane thing. I cannot believe we are online right now because there was zero lag. I mean, there there was probably a little lag, but it didn't the, seem like it at the time. The other thing that really changed my perspective of what games could do and on you know national scale, mm-hmm. international scale, is World of Warcraft. Yeah. I mean, that, that blew the socks off of, like, how many people can we get together to be playing at the same time effectively. Yeah. yeah. And they executed that really well too. That's How true. big do you think the Blizzard server farms are? <laughs> it doesn't matter. They're still they're still printing money. Basically <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, I'm sure. South Dakota's just turned into a server farm for World of Warcraft, but they're still you printing can see money. it from space. Yeah. <laughs> they hollowed out the Mount Rushmore and then they just stuck it in there. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, all right, Jesse. That, what's number- be, that would definitely be the easiest way to do it. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> uh, what's What's number two, J Dog? Well, um, God, I I mean, I kind of have to jump you here because mm-hmm. I know you're not going to say it, but the list the the writer writer in was correct because the oh. Super Nintendo is the best console ever. See, I was gonna, I was actually gonna say Super Nintendo. Uh, I I thought for sure you'd go N64. Well. <laughs> <laughs> this is why this. I mean, this was a weird way to do this. That's this is why I like it. It's a little competitive. I like it. Okay. Well, uh, what's your number two then? What do you mean number? Oh, it was I jumped you. It was at sixty four. I straight jumped you. It was at sixty four. Oh, okay. I mean the the revolution of the four player local multiplayer was just an insane jump. And uh, yes, no. I used to play Bomberman with my family. We would go to Mike's video or whatever, mm-hmm. and we'd rent Bomberman for Super Nintendo, and we would also rent the bar yeah, thing. You could rent the four-player bar for Super Nintendo. And they had that. I used to play Mule at my uncle's mm-hmm. house, like when I would go <laughs> over there once a year. That was a four-player thing for the super for the uh, regular Nintendo. Yes, but the 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 difference is the titles. I think bringing the first person shooter local multiplayer experience to Massive consumers. Burn on Bomberman. Ouch! <laughs> Bomberman is the first person shooter experience. No, but it's a great, great multiplayer experience. It is, but I'm specifically talking about GoldenEye 64. Right, like GoldenEye 64 was just like you. Everybody played it. Everybody I knew played it. If, whether you were a gamer or not, you you played GoldenEye 64. And if you go back and try to play that game today, it is so freaking hard because the controls are terrible, the graphics are horrendous, but at the time it was like the greatest thing in, you know, in gaming. And you had that, you had Star Fox 64, you had 3D dogfighting in a local multiplayer experience. Uh, Mario Kart 64 is my favorite Mario Kart, I know you'll disagree. Um, But, uh, you know, having that four-player battle arena was really, really a a great thing. Um, and like you say, the graphical jump, seeing, uh, Mario in 3d for the first time, uh, in an actual Mario game, like that's pretty amazing. That was a pretty amazing experience too. Basically everything that they did on that console when it first came out was, a, was an amazing experience. And, uh, and it basically set up the, set up the stage for what we have today 
you know, every console today has four has four player functionality on it, and that's yeah. you know that's because of the N sixty four. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, All right, so that was that that was a hell of a console. <laughs> yeah, dude. Not quite as durable though. There's a burnout N sixty fours. All right, so so sing us the ballad of the Super Nintendo, sir. Yeah, I mean, if you're just looking at these uh, jumps from one generation to the next, it it was a big jump between what a NES could do to what an SNES could do. And of course, like I also have a ton of nostalgia. This was the first console I owned, right. so I I clocked countless hours into it and had it had great titles. Of course, Legend of Zelda. A Link to the Past is mm-hmm. one of my favorite games ever. That's why one of the reasons I want to buy a 2DS is to right. get the follow-up to it. Yep. And then you got your Final Fantasy III, which is a you know a classic. But and other, I just there's so many great games on it, and it it looked good too. And the the people making these games put a lot of effort into actually doing something pretty because I think they could do that for the first time. Right. And you start. Uh, this is when you I I feel like you start seeing video games as more of an art form than just an entertainment. Yeah, like things like you know Super Mario Kart being a two slash three D experience. Yeah, exactly. They worked with like their isometrics and different ways to kind of pull the different dimension. Yeah, that is true. I never really considered that, but yeah, it's almost like a it's a third person over the shoulder experience in a two D yeah. world. Yeah, it was. It's it's a pretty amazing feat for the time. Um, and there's a lot of examples of that. And also, if you want to talk innovation. The N sixty four controller. This is the first time you had four buttons on the on the uh, uh, you know four buttons instead of two. Yeah, on the pad plus the pad. two shoulders. Yeah, and and it's the first time you had the triggers on the shoulders. Right. Um. So a lot of innovation here, and then yeah, and durable. Mine still works. Mine still works like a champ, dude. Yeah, gotta... I my mom won that in a <laughs> raffle. Changed changed my life getting that uh, Super Nintendo. My mom won it in a one dollar raffle for like, uh, like autism funding or something. Uh-huh. So she's like, "Yeah, it's a good cause. I'll I'll enter it." And we won like the grand prize. <laughs> That's awesome. Which was a, a Super Nintendo. No, and I could it. not believe it when <laughs> I came home and that was there. Could not believe it. And don't forget Donkey Kong Country. Donkey Kong Country, one of my all-time favorite yeah. titles when I was a kid. My parents bought me a Donkey Kong hat. Uh-huh. It was like a green hat with Donkey's face on it, and I lost it when I was camping one year. No! I'm still bummed out about it. That sucks. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, so I think that's a pretty good list, except for the Virtual Boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Virtual Boy got snubbed. It should be closer to two or three, I think. Definitely. <laughs> All right, so that's the list. Uh, really want to thank uh, Mr. Adam. I can't Bar- believe. Wait, did we get PS One on there? No, PS One did not make the list. Uh, that's. I, I don't think that's going to sit well with a lot of people. Oh uh, well. All right, Adam. Thank you so much for writing in, uh, and uh, we'll get to the rest of the Facebook roundup later. Jesse, what's your first topic? Well, I want to talk about science. Science. If today we're able to create a two-headed dog with six legs, is it possible that a similar creature existed thousands of years ago? And I say yes. Great stuff. Great stuff. So scientists from the Royal Veterinary College fitted data loggers 
Mm. Which sounds like a like a new world profession meets an old world profession. <laughs> yeah, you would know. <laughs> to a flock of rare birds that were being trained to migrate by following a microlight. It revealed that the birds flew in an optimal position, gaining lift from the bird in front by remaining close to its wingtip, and it explains why birds oh. fly in a V. Drafting. Yeah, they're getting a little bit of lift off of the other bird's wing. Like it. Yeah. Uh, the study uh, published in the journal Nature, Nazca's mm-hmm. uh, Nurture, but also showed that birds timed their wing beats. Really? So you think they're just, yeah, you think they're just flying around out there, but they're they're timing their wing beats in position to get, like, maximum <laughs> fuel efficiency. <laughs> wow. Isn't that radical? No, yeah, I mean, the whole bird flying thing is radical to me. It's I always a, just kind of assumed that there was like an alpha male who was at the front uh, and the rest were following him. Yeah. But I, I guess it, not. I thought it was like, you know, how, why, you know, fighter jets fly in a V formation so you can't tell who the leader is. Wait, isn't the guy up front the leader? No. No? That's like the this whole thing. This is news to me. You, you don't, you like fly in a V formation and then one of the people is the leader, but you don't know which one the leader is. Mm-hmm. Because so they can all, all down. they can all precision fly. So uh, if one of them turns, they can keep on. They can keep in, they can keep the V together. The guy up front can do this. Well, uh, I guess so. They're all good, man. They're good that's, flyers. That's pretty impressive. You got to be a good flyer to fly that thing. I just feel like if you're at a V, say there's five guys and you're like the leader and you're yeah, you know, you're back back mm-hmm. on the V and you peel off, like one guy's gonna get left behind. <laughs> Like, the guy up front. I'm like, oh, shoot! They're over there now. <laughs> Whoops. Maybe they're better. Maybe, just maybe, they're better than that. Maybe. I don't know. Never so, a previous there. experiment in Pelagas was the first uh, <laughs> real clue to the energy-saving purpose of V-formations. Did you know that pelicans fly in Vs? I did not. So, yeah. I, I guess more birds are flying in these V-formations than I realized. Yeah. We get a lot of loner birds up here. We have either the loner birds or the mob birds. <laughs> we get a lot of mob birds. You either fly, you're either by yourself or you're with a shit ton of birds in a bird cloud. Yeah, because we have like the great uh, bald eagles, and they're yeah. loners. No, they're they're like there's like two or three, but they don't fly together. They don't fly together. Yeah. Like the great blue heron. Oh yeah, like loner. that thing barely flies at all. King, there's Fisher. no way that thing's in a V. Yeah. And then we have our, the aforementioned mob birds. Yeah, the mob birds, dude. I was like uh, on the aforementioned drive home from the treacherous mountains this weekend. Uh, we were just driving, and then all of a sudden, this crazy mob of birds literally filled up the sky. <laughs> I don't know where they were coming or where they were going to, but it was like easily ten thousand birds in a cloud bird cluster just filling up the sky with darkness. I thought the apocalypse yeah. was upon us. It is funny. When they do that, I also like sometimes you'll see like a, a bird bird mob with uh-huh. no apparent leadership or organization or anything. <laughs> yeah, I know, and they'll all just like bank at once. Mm-hmm. It's like how how do they know that? Like as think- a mob, they make a decision to just like all right, let's all go right now. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like that's, some- when I was a teenager, I went to Venice and. In the uh, St. Mark's Square in Venice, there's like this notorious pigeon infestation because people feed the shit out of the pigeons. It's like this weird love-hate relationship. Oh, yeah, yeah. This It's like a famous yeah. huge amount of 
uh, pigeons. So, like, if you go in, there's places you could buy birdseed and, like, hold it out in your hands and the pigeons will land on your arms and eat the birdseed out of your hands. Which uh-huh. is, like, every disease now is now on your body. <laughs> yeah. Pigeons are the rats of the sky. <laughs> like, easily. imagine if it's like, yeah, I'm going to go to Italy. There's this cool place that's just totally covered in rats and they sell <laughs> rat food. And you can hold it out. The rats just climb all over you. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it's great. I loved my trip to Europe. Now let's go eat some pizza. I got plague. <laughs> Enjoy your plague right home. Did you say plane ride? <laughs> it's an authentic yeah. experience. Ciao. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Uh, but the crazy thing about this is that every hour, it's St. Mark's Square, so you got St. Mark's Cathedral there, and then there's a clock tower right next to right, it. Right, and they like all move yeah. at the hour, right? When the thing chimes at the top of the hour, all the birds on the bottom... Start flying and they fly this is in a, a stupid circle piece of culture. and they go to the top to the rooftops of the buildings on the square and then all the pigeons on the rooftops fly down and then go onto the bottom of the square. So like every hour they switch. Yeah. Okay. So Italy. Yeah. You got the Colosseum. Right. You have uh, you know great marble sculptures. Yeah. And you got the Davids and you have. Mm-hmm. Thousands of years of history and right. fountains and architecture and stuff. And uh, you also got this place where the pigeons do this weird thing. <laughs> we got this cool pigeon thing. Easily the best part of, you know. <laughs> it's just a weird, weird part because I know, I knew what you were talking about. Like, yeah. this is a cultural export of this city. It's <laughs> a pit, we got a bunch of pigeons and they do this weird thing. <laughs> Yeah, man. Like, also, the Roman Empire, but mostly these cool pigeons. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Oh, man. So, I, I guess science has yet to explain the mob. Yeah, the bird mob. The bird mob. It's basically like if a school If you were a bird, fish. would you want to be... Because you got to have discipline for the V. Right. But I, I feel like any old bird can do the bird mob. What kind of bird would you be? <laughs> See, I like the V just because it's been romanticized in the Mighty Ducks franchise. Yeah, right. Does this also does this change your opinion of the Mighty Duck V? Um, no. I mean, I think it's for a lot of the same reasons. There's uh, there's flipping the puck around so you don't know who the leader is. There's the aerodynamics uh, in the drafting of the V so uh-huh. that it gets progressively faster and more momentum builds behind it. I think that this only solidifies my love of the V and the Mighty Ducks. I love it. What? How come there hasn't been like a uh, especially the Ducks of Anaheim or whatever? Yeah. Do they ever do that like in a game? <laughs> Yeah, How I'm great sure, would that be? I'm sure they just do that as a gimmick. What if they were up like 5-0 and just started doing the V? Well, the sad thing is is that the Ducks at Anaheim, I believe they are no longer owned by the Walt Disney Company. And uh, so Yeah, because they changed their name, right? Yeah, they're not the Mighty Ducks anymore. They're just the Ducks. It would also be funny if like they started going into the V and then like someone on the <laughs> other team just totally creamed them. Yeah, that happens. Iceland does that in the movie. Oh, really? Mighty Ducks 2. They just take them out. I, I don't know if I've actually ever seen those movies. doesn't hold up. No? I, I had a lot of love for those movies as a child, and I actually rented Mighty Ducks 2 on Amazon because uh-huh. they didn't have it on, like, watch instantly. Uh, and no, it does not hold up at all. <laughs> Whoops. Although Kenan Thompson's in Mighty Ducks 2. Really? Yeah. Like, there's a moment in the movie where the coach... Decides that he, I think he's like going to like find himself. He's like going through his midlife crisis. And so he just like doesn't show up to coach. And so the team tutor 
ends up coaching the team. But if she hadn't done that, then they would have had to forfeit the whole tournament. And then <laughs> that's kind of a dick move. It's a huge dick move. And then he shows up in the third period, and then uh, and and everybody's like happy to see him. And it's like, no, you almost cost us the whole fucking <laughs> tournament, dude. Because you're fucking midlife crisis. Uh, uh, well, anyway, uh, Mighty Ducks, right? So you didn't learn about the power of forgiveness? No, all I learned is that ducks fly together. <laughs> That's all I learned. Yeah, but the the team that the the mo- the pigeon mob, right? Of uh, Tallahassee. <laughs> no, it's the Italian team. It's Mighty Ducks too. So they're oh all, yeah, the Italian all, team, yeah, the, the pigeon Italian mob team. that has like fifty guys on yeah. the ice. They actually do better. <laughs> they do because they got their their switches are so efficient. And they do this cool thing every time they score a goal and the buzzer goes off, where the guys in the front go to the back. Right. It's a cool thing. It's really that's like cool. their version of the V. <laughs> I love it, man. Yeah, I mean this uh, the flying V phenomenon. The only thing is that those uh, you know those uh, I like to call them illegal immigrants from the north, the Canadian geese who come down here and shit on everything. I think you mean Canada geese. Oh, I'm sorry. They fill up our parks with poop and then they leave. <laughs> <laughs> That's Canada's cultural export to America. <laughs> That's all that. Yeah, the Canadian team with the Mighty Ducks. You don't want to know, man. You don't want to know what their special move is. <laughs> I guess we gave Canada acid rain, and they gave us duck poop, so I, I think we yeah, came ahead. They gave us a ton came of duck out poop. ahead in this <laughs> exchange. It is pretty cool, though, that they basically use... Because, like, when I see birds, like, I sometimes I think, like... Uh, like from my from my building from my cubicle, I can like look out sometimes and see seagulls. And when it's super windy and they're just kind of like floating, and then they'll a gust picks up, and I just imagine them going like, whoa, whoa. like I, it is funny when you like see one barely that's just holding on, chilling. Yeah. It's like suspended in animation. Yeah. My favorite are the ones that are like it looks like they don't really know what they're doing, but they're just like riding it out. Like, do you ever notice? Like sometimes the V is lopsided. Mm-hmm. It's got one branch that's way too long. It's like, come on, guys, <laughs> get together. Also, why doesn't like a, a count? Like, why doesn't it branch off like a smaller V off of one of the big branches of the V? Who knows? Like, you got to be a badass to be the the bird in the front, right? Because everybody else is right. drafting off of you. Yeah, exactly. Maybe they do like a Swedish mile thing though, where they switch yeah, off. I hope so. We're like, yeah. I'm sure. That's I mean, the penguins is. do that down in Antarctica when it gets cold, and they all huddle together, and then like the ones in the middle will. Oh, then do go they to the rotate outside. who's on the outside? Yeah, that's awesome. Because birds are smart. Birds are pretty smart for something with a brain that's like <laughs> one one thousandth of its body weight. Yeah, that's really confused because they don't know why they're not dinosaurs any anymore. <laughs> I feel like I used to be able to eat you, but now I can just eat this trash. It's delicious. I, I guess I'll poop. I will poop in your park, sir. And it's it's weird poop too. It's kind of <laughs> sticky, it's but it's kind of with white poop. It's weird. It's white and it's weird looking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, bird news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there you go. That's that's the science for the week. Love it. Okay, let's uh, move on to trivia for this week. Uh, I'm going to roll D6. We are doing Trivia Pursuit Genus 1. Oh, roll to 1, Jesse. It's time for some geography. You ready, buddy? All right. All right, this question's for you. What U.S. state comes in last in an alphabetical list? 
Um, I guess I won't take too long on this. Uh, Wyoming? I believe you're right. Because there isn't any that start with X, Y, or Z. Uh, I'm going to go with the Yellowstone State. <laughs> it's Wyoming. You got it. Nice. I, just, I was thinking of like those drop-down menus. Yeah, I know. Me too. Well, Where for, you scroll down, but always have to go up one more. Well, for us, see, you don't have to scroll down, dude. You just click on it and you press W and in Washington. Or press up. W. Yeah, there's that. What about when it's like... Um, one of those drop-down menus for what country you're in, oh. and they have every country, and the United States isn't first. <laughs> so and you have to, like, dig it out for the trash. It's like, no, I'm not in the Virgin Islands. Well, yeah, that's what I... See, part America of me... America should be number one on those lists. Part of me is, like, America should be number one on those lists. Way more convenient. Part, another part of me is, like, I get it. <laughs> like, but really what they should do is they should figure out, like... What are the countries that buy their product the most? And then put them all at the top. And then right. put like a line and then put all the countries in alphabetical order. So you can find it if you for convenience, but then you can also surf through it if you live in the Virgin Islands no, or Uganda. They, they should make me click on Uruguay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this question's for me. Ooh, what Italian city is home to Da Vinci's The Last Supper? Oh, this is a tough one. Uh, it's in Tuscany. I don't know. I'm going to go with Rabisi. I'll just say Venice. Milan. Mm. Not in Tuscany. Okay. Just these questions for you. <laughs> what kind of creatures are the Canary Islands named for? Come on. Birds. Didn't we have this one recently? I don't know. <laughs> Birds. <laughs> I looked at it, dude. It's dogs. I'm serious. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> the canary dog. I I just thought you had it. All right. I could tie it up with this. Oh, this is ridiculous. My question is, what's the Windy City? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Chi-Town. Uh, no, I mean, what is it? To define what it is, I think it's a robust meeting of uh, people from all sorts of different walks of life in the heartland of America. Love it. No, nah, it's Chicago. Oh. All right. Well, you know what that means, Eric. That means it's time for a little tiny tiebreaker. Geography tiebreaker. We haven't had one of these in a while. Who's ever geographically closest to the answer will win. This is an interesting uh, question. But, Jesse, I think you're going to get it right. The question is, what ocean surrounds Pitcairn Island? Pitcairn. <sighs> What, oh, um, Pitcairn? Mm-hmm. I don't know. The Atlantic? I'm going to go with the Pacific. And it's the Pacific. That's oh, where, congratulations. Uh, that's where the Mutiny on the Bounty guys went. And it's like off the coast oh. of Australia. Or off the coast of New Zealand. It's like in the middle of nowhere. Uh, but I watched this travel There's a lot special. of islands in the Pacific that are basically the middle of nowhere. Well, the crazy thing about Pitcairn Island, Pitcairn Island, they're, they have like a weird New Zealand accent, so it's like Pitcairn. Uh, Can, yeah, Karn, that's why I said Atlantic, because it's like, isn't Karn like Scottish for hill? Oh, I don't know. But uh, anyway. Pitcairn Island, it's actually the, where the guys who were the mutineers from the Mutiny on the Bounty settled on Pitcairn Island. 
And all of the people who live there basically are descendants. It's like this this crazy, like, isolated ecosystem of people who are like a, a conglomeration of the original natives of the island and then the mutineers from the mutiny on the bounty. They probably have great genetics. They have great ones. Uh, so anyway, I win everything this week. This is great. All right. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, I, uh, for my next, uh, my next segment, I would like to do something. I don't think we've done it in like a super long time. Like not since you lived in Seattle. Uh, but I'm going to go through some really great Amazon reviews in a little thing I like to call Reddit on Amazon. Oh, I don't have the Reddit thing anymore. Did we ever do this? No. Well, yeah, we did oh. it once. It was like with that t-shirt with an eagle on it. Oh, right. Yeah. All right, so this is a very interesting thing. So if you look up on Amazon.com, you can buy the Haribo Gummy Candy Sugarless Gummy Bears 5-pound bag. 5 pounds of sugarless gummy bears. This only costs you twenty four ninety seven plus twelve twenty nine shipping and handling. So if you want 5 pounds of gummy bears for only $36... <laughs> Go to Amazon.com. Ships directly from the online candy shop. Uh, But they do have this great little disclaimer here. Uh, There's a safety warning that says, Consumption of some sugar-free candies may cause stomach discomfort and or a laxative effect. Individual tolerance will vary. If this is the first time you've tried these candies, we recommend beginning with one-fourth of a serving size (laughs) made with lycosin, a sugar alcohol. As with other sugar alcohols, people sensitive to the substance may experience upset stomachs. So, a little bit of a uh, disclaimer there. Let's see what uh, let's see what go to the reviews and see what people reviewed these as. Oh, uh, the most helpful one. Uh, it's titled "Just Don't Unless It's a Gift for Someone You Hate." Oh no! Here's the review. Are these poop bears? Oh man, words cannot express what happened to me after eating these gummy bear. Uh oh. <laughs> the gummy bear cleanse if you're someone that can tolerate the sugar substitute enjoy if you're like the dozens of people that tried my order run first of all for taste i would rate these at a five so good so soft (laughs) true to taste fruit flavors like the sugary variety i was a happy camper but and i should say but not long after eating about 20 of these hell broke loose I had a gastrointestinal experience like nothing I've ever imagined. Cramps, sweating, bloating beyond my worst nightmare. I've had food poisoning from some bad shellfish, and that was almost like a skip in the park compared to what was going on inside me. Then came the flatulence. Heavens to Murgatroyd. The sounds, the trumpets, like the demons back from hell. The stench, like 1,000 rotten corpses vomited. I couldn't stand oh, to stay in one room for fear of succumbing to my own odors. Oh, my. Uh, and then I'm not going to read the rest. You can find the rest on Amazon. More graphic from there. It gets more graphic. Uh, does Was they... this something you were considering buying, Eric? No, I. this kind of, uh, it's, it's kind of a legendary Amazon page. Gotcha. Um, Neil Say says, and it went on for hours. Uh... I, I felt violated when it was over, which I might think have been something in the early morning of the next day. Oh. There, <laughs> there was stuff coming out of me that I ate in my wedding in 2005. Okay, so that's... 
That's one of them. Then there's some great the, other reviews. The, twi- the plot twist, that review from 2004. <laughs> then there's some other great ones. It says, the ideal grip for your congressional representatives. I like that one. Uh, uh, that's good. Everyone hates a congressman. <laughs> Oh, Congressperson, no. sorry. There's some bad ones I, I here. didn't mean to be gender normative. There you go. Uh, this one says, I'm pretty sure Andrea, I'll call her. Agreed to have dinner at my apartment only because I always spoke to her using nothing but my two years of high school German. Her English was perfect, probably better than mine. But the fact that I could only ask her directions to the Autobahn or inquire about the health of her non-existent Tante Amelia seemed to make me appealing to her in a sweet and non-threatening way. Anywhere he uh he ate the gummy bears and then had diarrhea. I think we can cut to the chase <laughs> on that one. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh and uh and then we'll just move on to, to my last one here, which I uh I really like it because it's short and it's sweet with uh with artificial sweetener. Um and <laughs> and it's also just a tragic, tragic tale. Um I ate a bag of these when I boarded a six-hour flight to Seattle. Gastric exorcism at 30,000 feet. Enough said. My advice, don't use a bathroom on a Delta flight. That stench is for me seven years ago. So, in other words, don't buy this thing for $36. But you get a lot of gummy bears. You get a ton of gummy bears, and I love gummy bears, dude. I think these guys just have weak stummies. Yeah, I mean, they need to... to toughen themselves up. Maybe if, like, you're going to, like, a place where you're going to be eating with vultures, you should use these to kind of, uh, 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 you know, uh, increase the fortitude of your stomach. Maybe you should go to uh, that town in Italy and instead of – or just, like, intersperse these in with the pigeon food. hmm And then, like – Oh, no. Make it rain, as it were. Oh, no. You've, de- you've defecated on St. Mark's Square. Well, in, I didn't. In, you know, in, unconnected to it, but you, you did it, sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's one more here for the Holter 571 Banana Slicer. Uh, so this is a uh, slicer that's shaped like a banana. <laughs> and you put it on top of the banana, and then you push it, and then it slices up your banana. That's pretty rad. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Uh there's some great reviews for this thing, though. Uh, for this one, I like, uh, you know, for decades, I've been trying to come up with an ideal to slice a banana, an ideal way to slice a banana. Use a knife, they said. Well, my parole officer won't allow me to be around knives. Shoot it with a gun. Background check. Hello. I had to resort to carefully attempt to slice those bananas with my bare hands 99% of the time. I would get so frustrated that I just ended up squishing the fruit in my hands and then throwing it against the wall in anger. Then, after a bit, a fit of banana-induced rage, my parole officer introduced me to the Kitchen Marvel, and it changed my life. No longer consumed by seething anger and animosity toward thick-skinned yellow fruit, I was able to consecrate my love of theater and my writing musical play about two lovers from rival gangs that just try to make it in the world. I think I'll call it Southside Story. Banana Slicer, thanks to you, I see greatness on the horizon. Obviously not true, but pretty well what written. could be. When I worked at Dairy Queen, I mastered the art of uh, cutting a banana without actually touching the banana part uh-huh. on the inside, only touching the peel. Nice. Yeah. 
there's there's a there's a certain uh zen to doing that <laughs> my favorite thing about this so the banana slicer is like curved like a banana right so you could put it over the banana and uh one person had a little bit of a problem with that Number two, this person gave it two stars and says, I tried the banana slicer and found it unacceptable. As shown in the picture, the slices occur from left to right. All of my bananas are bent the other way. Oh, bummer. It is weird that we haven't engineered straight bananas yet. <laughs> That's true, man. That would, I mean, that would be, they would ship so much more easily mm-hmm. for storage in the store. You wouldn't just have to do the giant banana heap. That always gets out of control. It gets you can have like a nice stacked banana pile, like cordwood or yeah, something. It's the Mad Max of the produce section. It is. Um, I Do like... you wash your produce before you eat it? Uh, it depends. Like I wouldn't wash. I don't the banana always, but peeled. I probably should. Well, like a banana has got the protective coating. Yeah, but like I, I, I'll just go. I'll like get. I'll rip, rip right into a tomato. <sighs> That's a rough one, man. It is risky. <laughs> Maybe this is why my stomach is so tough as compared to all these wimps who can't even eat a couple gummy bears. <laughs> you know how many people have touched and squeezed my tomatoes before I eat it? I just throw them right in my mouth. I don't care. I like how you're eating tomatoes whole, too. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I'll cut them. But they haven't invented the perfect banana or tomato, tomato cutter yet. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> There's just great ones on here. It's very witty. I like the one. Kirk Cameron's banana slicer. If God does not exist, then how is it that a banana fits so perfectly in this banana slicer? Checkmate, atheists. Damn. I like that one. Well, I guess I got to go to church this Sunday instead of watching the football game. Yeah. Well, football game starts at three, baby. I'll be at church all day. I got a lot of making up to do. <laughs> I got a lot of banana slicing. All right, so there's your Amazon reviews for the week, guys. Um, if you find any products with good Amazon reviews, email to them personal. Email them to us at personalergots at gmail Jesse, what's your second topo? Um, just quick aside, did you did you see that they changed the 420 mile marker in uh, Colorado because it kept getting stolen? <laughs> what they change it to? To like 419.99. Love it. Which is an even better one to yeah, steal. I would steal the shit out of that. Well, next time we're in Colorado, Constantly man. Constantly stolen uh, mile marker sign into an even more stealable <laughs> sign. <laughs> I think I might take that one over, like, Walquist Street. Like, if I had the choice between the two. Mm, the 14.99 yeah. is pretty cool. I would definitely take that, especially because... My last name's pretty banal. I might take a Walquist Street over a Wilson Street, honestly. There is one Walquist Street. It is in Idaho Falls, Idaho. So if anybody lives there, steal the shit out of that sign and send it to me. That would be that would be pretty good. And send me that 4.19, yeah, whatever it is. That one, too. Pie day. All right. So um, let's talk about some Beer. Beer. <laughs> So remember how I was just like, All right, have we do- ever done this before? Which and you were like, yeah, we've totally done that. Uh-huh. Well, a new study might point out why that's happening. Uh-huh. Happening Because uh, studies are showing right. uh, that if you drink more than two beers a day, which I don't know, it speeds up memory <laughs> loss in middle-aged men. <laughs> I don't think we're quite middle-aged yet. Yeah, but I mean... 
maybe you can ex- extrapolate this and That's be true. like, if you're an eight beer day drinker, then <laughs> it happens four times as fast. I love. This. So, what was their control? Uh, well, what they did is that they took a um, they took like a bunch of guys. It's one of those uh, studies where they just kind of chart your progress for twenty years, right? And um, find correlation. Mm-hmm. And this was all done in England. And uh, the guys who drank more than two beers a day showed memory loss. Well, but this is England. Okay. Yeah, that's true. So, like, first of all, everybody, this is like tea drinking uh, Bobby in uh, Red Telephone Booth, England people. That means two things. First of all, if you drink more than two beers a day, then you drink six beers a day. <laughs> and if you don't drink two beers a day, you drink six teas a day. That's, there's two types of people in England. I think we can all agree on this, right? I mean, I've been in England. At least. At least. So, already refuted. <laughs> but go on with the study, sir. Yeah, so um, it was when they had two beers or more every day for 20 years, scientists found a deterioration in their ability to recall information. It was similar as adding six years of aging. Also found was a decline in the brain's uh, attention span and reasoning skills. Well, there's another aspect to this. So if you're drinking more than two beers a day, I mean, when you're drinking beer, time... You're drinking to forget. So maybe they're drinking on, <laughs> they're forgetting on purpose. Well, the other part about it is that time goes faster when you're drinking. I think anybody that, can attest to this. I think that uh, Einstein did prove that. Yeah, that's what the theory of relativity is. I mean, come mm-hmm. on, open a book, people, right? So... <laughs> You open drink a beer, beer, people. Yeah, open a beer, open a book. Uh, you drink a beer, time goes by faster, therefore you have less time to uh, to figure out what's going on around you. <laughs> and therefore not as many things stick. Because you're having a great time and time's flying because you're having fun. That makes sense. The end. You're not one of those boring people who has time to remember things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Basically. And, you know, maybe people who drink two beers a day, they're not always looking in the rear view. Maybe they're looking forward on the horizon to when they can drink their next delicious beer. Well, they shouldn't be looking in the rear view because you're not – you shouldn't be driving, sir. Because you're drinking more than two beers a day. Do not drive. Do not look yeah, in the Yeah, you can't, tr- <laughs> can't drive if you drink more than two beers a day. That's a fact. You can't. Uh, Yeah, I think that we've disproved this whole thing. Or maybe yeah. we proved it, but I can't remember. Take that, scientists in England. <laughs> Take that, Brits. What were we talking about? I don't remember. Yeah. I'm just happy that we get to use the beer theme song again. Yeah, it's a good one. So, Jesse, when is, when is your uh, Drunken Mary po- podcast going to happen? Uh, Well, I got the overlords on it. Mm-hmm. so um, The listeners are clamoring. Setting up the feed. Nice. And everything, but uh, I want to record one more episode because I want to hit the ground with three episodes available. So it's like yeah. hardcore, man. Got two out of three done. Just got one more to do, and then uh, we'll kick it off. All right. Do we have any more beer news for today? No, that's it. Well, in that case, uh, I do want to throw a shout out. The Drunken Married Podcast Facebook page is now available on Facebook. So uh, be sure to do a little. There's not a lot going on there. <laughs> well, yeah, but you want to get you want to like you said like with Jesse, you want to hit the ground running here. Uh, so uh, be sure to like that page so you can get all the updates as they happen. 
the Drunken Mary podcast uh, Facebook That's page. True. Uh, if you're champing at the bit for some uh, craft brews, news, reviews, and interviews, do it. Make sure you like Drunk and Married Facebook page. Yeah, and there's also going to be a lot of feedback going on on that site. So, very feedback-oriented uh, show, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So, uh, get your voice heard in Drunk and Married. Of course, there's the Personal Arrogance Facebook page. I got to celebrate a little bit, Jesse. We just got our 250th like on that yeah, page. Yeah, I saw that. We hit the quarter uh, of a thousand mark. Which is crazy to me because when we started, uh, when we when we joined the Bald Move Network, we had... We had like 60. Yeah, a lot less. They're all our friends. Yeah, and uh, so we got a bunch of strangers on there now, and they're all being a part of the show, and I love it. Yeah, it's um, awesome. So be sure, to, if you haven't done so yet, uh, join the community over on our Personal Arrogance Facebook page. And we're also on the Bald Move Facebook page. A lot of stuff's going on at the Bald Move Network. Uh, Downton Abbey's back, which means Up Yours Downstairs is back. Uh, the Because Show ladies are hitting a 1,000 right now on their podcast. I just listened to their most recent episode right before I recorded this one. Um, and uh, some exciting news. I mean, uh, you want to... What do you mean hitting a 1,000? They're batting a thousand. Oh, okay. They're it's yeah. Not their thousand. I should have said batting a thousand. I guess hitting a thousand could be construed as something different. They're just batting a thousand. I'm not accusing you of misinformation. They're knocking the touchdown out of the park and scoring a scoring <laughs> a goal, guys. Have we talked about this on this podcast? How annoyed I get at uh, <laughs> mixed sports analogies. Uh, sports announcers who uh-huh. use analogies from other sports. When they're commentating. Yeah. That's the worst. He's, well, he went for the home run on that throw. No, he went for the touchdown. <laughs> he was trying to throw a touchdown. Don't call it a home run. There you go, man. Uh, <laughs> so we got that. And, of course, uh, <clears throat> bide your time, guys, because uh, Game of Thrones is going to be back soon. So the Night's Watch will be back. Uh, very very soon. Um, and like I said, we're gonna be all we're gonna be all down in San Diego at the end of February, early and the first weekend of March. So uh, keep your ear to the ground uh, to see how you can meet up with us in Southern California if you're down there during that time. So uh, do that. Um, other ways to get in touch with us, guys, you can uh, like I said earlier, give us a call, leave us a voicemail at three six zero three six two zero zero two four. You can find us on Twitter at Personal Podcast. Uh, you can write us an email, personalergates at gmail.com. And please, guys, rate and review us on iTunes. Every podcast tells you to do this. And the reason why is because it really helps. Uh, it gets us up those rankings. It gets our community bigger and bigger. And we got more and more voices on the show. And uh, and more and more of yous listening to us, which we, which we really enjoy. And we love having you guys be a part of this Personal Arrogance community. So uh, do that. That'd be great. Um, and if you can't do that, if you don't have a computer... Uh, and you're listening to us on a burned CD that somebody gave you, just go tell a friend. That works, too. That works really well. Um, all right. Uh, as we said before, uh, you can like us on Facebook. If you do, you you can be a part of the Facebook Roundup. Each week we post on there, say, we're recording tonight. What do you want us to talk about? You write, and then we talk about it. So let's get into it. Matt says, love you guys and agree with you on almost everything you say, all except for the love you have for the Seahawks, but I respect it as you grew up in Washington. I was born and raised in the Bay Area, so naturally I'm a fan of the 49ers. <coughs> Raiders. Uh, got a huge <laughs> game this weekend. 
pretty much as exciting as it could get. Five bucks, five bucks is Roger Goodell is stoked too. It is a matchup. Yeah, I think they're pretty happy about how these uh, playoff games panned out. Seahawks 49ers for the NFC championship and then Brady Manning for the AFC championship. Yeah, I don't think that, that it's almost like this is too good. It is a little too good, but, uh, but it is what it is guys. Um, he says, can you give me two reasons that you think Seattle could win it and two reasons you think the 49ers could win it? Enjoy your Sunday. I'm hoping to enjoy mine a lot more than you. Get off by Frank Gore. (laughs) I get it. Earl Thomas is going to be all over your Frank Gore. Yeah, I think Earl Thomas is going to be all over your Frank Gore. Uh, so I think two reasons that the Seahawks win this game, I think one defense, I think obviously Seahawks have the best secondary in the league. Um, I think a lot of people think that. And I think that the – I mean, there was there was a statistical analysis that showed that the CX may have the second best secondary since the NFL merger. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. I think it's a historic team. And this I is, also – I think – well, my reason this Hawks win is mm-hmm. because uh, they finally opened up the playbook for Russell Wilson. I think that about six weeks ago they were like, let's just close down a lot of these plays <laughs> yeah. and do things super consistently and conservatively and get to where we are. Yeah, Everyone was pooping on the offense last week, but it's like they took an early lead. And they protected it, never lost it. Like Yeah, and Marshawn Lynch kind was of okay with that. feeling it in that game, dude. Marshawn Lynch was feeling it hardcore. Yeah, he's um, getting pumped. The other thing about it is that I think that the thing that separates these two, they are so crazily even on paper. But the thing yeah, that separates them is that the 49ers probably have a better receiving core than the Seahawks. Definitely the, do. I mean, that's not a question. And the Seahawks have a better secondary than the Niners do. I think yep. if you look up front, if you look at the lines, if you look at the, the the box for the defense, if you look at the quarterback, the crazy thing is that Colin Kaepernick and Russell Wilson's numbers are so crazily even on everything. Um, like, who, who would you say has more rushing yards between Colin Kaepernick and Russell Wilson? I would assume Kaepernick. It's actually Russell Wilson, but it's like wow. literally within like 10. Wow. <laughs> like, they're crazily similar. Um, their D line. I, I guess it, when it comes to why does San Francisco win this game, it's if their D line can totally dominate the Hawks O line. Yeah, which I don't really see happening. Um, yeah, they, they got a good D line. Yeah, but the last time we played them, we didn't. We weren't fully healthy. And the other thing about it is, that, so what I'm saying is that I think that the 49ers have a better wide receiving core, and I think the Seahawks have a better secondary. If you look at those two factors, defense wins championships. And I'm going with the secondary at home. And uh, that's why I think that they win. I think if the 49ers win, I think that they're going to be able to stretch the field with their with their receivers and spread it out a little bit. Um, and then, yeah, like you say, I've been getting to Russell Wilson and, and stifling the – really stifling the running game. I think that that's where the yeah, that's Yeah, that's the formula for beating the Hawks is stopping the running game. Yeah. And that's how you beat the Hawks is you make Russell Wilson win with his arm. Yeah. But then every once in a while he'll just decide to win with his legs instead. So Yeah, and he's a good passer. He's a good passer. It's just the receiving core, you know, it's so banged up. I hope Percy can play. Um but I even hope if so he does too, because, he's played uh, in two games this season and he hasn't finished either of them. So even if he does, he's probably not gonna play the whole game. Yeah, he draws a lot of attention from the defense is the thing. That's what makes him such a big factor is he can pull guys off mm-hmm. of your golden tater or uh, Doug Zach Baldwin. Miller. 
Doug Baldwin, yeah. buddy. That guy catches. Anyway. Doug Baldwin, who is historically great against the Niners. Anywho. Anywho. Uh, very excited about this game. We got to move on. Priscilla says, hey, guys, I'm contemplating about getting Apple TV or Roku. Please help. Don't have a lot of experience with Apple TV, but I love my Roku bucks. I, mean, I would not buy an Apple product again. Yeah. I'm done with Apple products. They have been treating me so badly lately. Yeah. I, I'm just sick of them. I, they're overpriced and they're not that great. Well, they're getting away from their quality that they had when Steve Jobs was around, their innovation that they had when Steve Jobs was around. So it'll be interesting to see what happens to Apple um, in the near future, I think. Uh, Ollie James. Ollie James from London Town says, thoughts on Michael Douglas playing cast in Ant-Man? Uh, I'm excited about it. Looks like uh, Michael Douglas is going to be Hank Pym. And then uh, your boy Paul Rudd's going to be, I can't remember what his name is off the top of my head, but the younger Ant-Man. So I like how they're doing intergenerational stuff with the Marvel Universe. I'm excited about that movie a lot. I love Edgar Wright, so can't be more excited. Uh, Levi says, an alien game with one alien and only scavenged weapons. Could this finally be the alien game we hope for? Uh, Alien Isolation. It's creative assemblies making of an anti-aliens game. What do you think, J-Dog? I love the idea. I just cannot get hyped up for games anymore. Yeah, me too. The build-up and let-down is too much. Yeah, welcome to Seattle. Welcome to being a Seattle sports fan, man. Uh, <laughs> I meant video games, but all right. Uh, Josh says, uh, Priscilla, I have an Apple TV and I love it, but I know that you, uh, but I know that you have to use an Ethernet connection directly from a modem for the Apple TV for the best results. So there's something to consider. D says from Australia, I love this question. D she says, if I were to snap and throw someone at work. Out the window because I'm sick of hearing them bitch nonstop about how hot it is. Do you think I could successfully claim heat stress as a defense? I think it's going to be hard at this point mm-hmm. uh, to deny the fact that it's premeditated. <laughs> yeah, so step one is erase that post. Yeah. Step oh, two. it's hot as over here. <laughs> I, I went a little bust on that. Hot, oh, it's hot. Oh, oh. I'm, I'm so, I'm oh. so hot. It's hot as. I'm so, oh. I'm so hot. It's hot as. Oh, that's like if, Cockney. If so, I'm so hot, <laughs> mate. You screwed I'm me so. up with your Michael Cade. <laughs> I'm, I'm so hot. <laughs> I'm so hot, Master Wayne. Uh, anyway, we should let if someone could bring me a. VB, you'd be a legend. <laughs> I decided to go Polynesian on that one. Like it. Uh, D is from Australia, so that's why she's so hot right now. Uh, yeah, I, I guess our listeners might not understand the whole Australian thing we just went into there. But I think, D, you could you could mask this. So just wait till they're walking by the, um, by the window and then body check them. <laughs> and then fall on the ground and say it was a heat stroke. Uh-huh. And then there you go. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Uh, Josh then chimes in once again. He said, it just occurred to me that there are only three football games left in this season. If the Patriots get to the Super Bowl. Not counting the Pro Bowl. That's true. I'm not eligible <laughs> to watch it as I am on video saying that I won't watch the Super Bowl if the Patriots are in it. That was after the last Super Bowl loss. Boy, am I spoiled. This is the 11th AFC championship they've been in since I was in high school. Never mind. I'll watch. Yeah, this is a crazy yeah, I've, thing. I've heard that if, if Tom Brady goes to the Super Bowl, he'll have gone to the Super Bowl in half of the seasons that he uh, has started yeah. as quarterback, which is crazy. Yeah. Eric, you know me. I used to be a Brady hater. After yeah. this season, I am a Brady lover. What he's been able to do this season with 
the situation nothing. that that team was put in. They're winners. They figure out a way to win. They play game to game. They make it to the postseason and get the job done. Yeah. I'm I'm a convert, and um, I guess I was drinking the haterade because when I started <laughs> watching football, he was already on top. But yeah. he's the type of guy you can you can put him in a situation that's bad, and he's still gonna win. And um, well, you gotta also take into account he's in the AFC, which is a lot a much easier conference in the NFC at this point. At, yeah, at he's this also point in, in he's also in the AFC East, which is which is a bum division, totally a bum division. But the Seahawks were in that same position for multiple years, and they only made it to the Super Bowl once in that stretch. Uh, so the fact that the fact that the matter is that Bill Belichick and Tom Brady can figure out a way to win, also in the postseason, even after being in a bum division and a bum conference. That's the thing that's right. most impressive. However, I am going to be pulling for the Broncos this weekend because if the Seahawks make it to the Super Bowl and the Patriots are in the Super Bowl, that stadium's going to be full of Patriots fans because it's like a three-hour drive from New England. So <laughs> That's a good point. I hadn't yeah. really considered that. That's some metagaming yeah. so you've got going on. And, I, and I'm not under the disillusion that it, even if the Broncos are in, it's still going to be full of Broncos fans. But uh, the fact that the Patriots fans are going to be insufferable. Not to mention, you, Boston, you got, got enough ahead. championships in recent memory. Just chill out. <laughs> anyway. Did you see my um, my postseason picks so far? Yeah. I was putting them on Facebook. I'm 0-7. I've made seven postseason <laughs> predictions and not a single one has come true. That said, in a non-ironic way, the Patriots are winners and the AFC championship game, I am predicting the Patriots will win. Mm. That's my stone cold lock of the century of the millennium. <laughs> All right. Because they're winners and they're going to do it. And Peyton Manning, he's just not a winner. <laughs> All right. It is also interesting. If you look at the net wins for. Yeah, for I saw that graph. So uh, Colin Kaepernick and Russell Wilson each have, or I think Colin Kaepernick's at two, Russell Wilson's at one. Right. Uh, uh, Peyton Manning, I think, is a negative two, I think. And then Tom Brady's yeah, at plus he's like, 12. Yeah, he's like 7 and 11 in the postseason or yeah. something crazy. And Peyton, I, actually, I think if he wins this game, he'll even out. Yeah, I think he's negative one right now. And yet, yeah, and, and Tom Brady is like plus 12. Talk about Colin Kaepernick's postseason career, though. Holy smokes. Ah, come on. He's doing good. Yeah, he's 3 and 1, and Russell Wilson's 2 and 1. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, yeah, they're both good. I guess. Uh, <laughs> I guess Colin Kaepernick's four and one. Whatever. Uh, James Patterson says, "What are your thoughts on the upcoming revival of Cosmos with Neil deGrasse Tyson, especially with it being produced by Seth MacFarlane and Fox?" Yeah, I'll catch it when it's on Netflix. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it. <laughs> yeah. um, I just don't think that Neil deGrasse is the same. He doesn't have the same timber, yeah. the same kind of spirit and uh, almost seriousness that Sagan had. Mm. I feel like Neil deGrasse is sort of a goofball, <laughs> I whereas think Sagan gonna... was pretty serious about it, but still like super compelling. And like, yeah. what made that show so good was like watching this genius explain how cool everything is. Whereas <laughs> I feel like Neil Tyson's a little bit more of a little bit wacky goofball kind of character i think he's got a presence i like him okay. but like i said i'll watch it without commercials uh and then jr from philly says i have a roku 
three, Apple TV and Chromecast. If you're primarily looking for a mirror wow. for your iPad or iPhone, movies and pictures, do Apple TV. If you're looking to do streaming video, do Roku. Uh, and I couldn't agree more with that. And then Chrome, Chromecast has the highest upside. Developer support is limited now, but has huge potential. And why not roll the dice for 35 bucks? Worst case scenario, you can use it in a secondary room. It's got... No on-screen menu, which can be confusing at first. It works with Chrome tabs and Google Cast extension and supporting mobile apps. Chromecast, that sounds like a nightmare to me. Yeah. What you just described. I'm going to go with Roku, man. I love my I'll Roku. I'll read a book before I try that. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, our good buddy Angelus says, Does it still count as happy hour if you're unemployed but drinking with ex-coworkers? Because yes. And I say... Because, yes. Yeah, yeah. Boats. Yeah, I mean, the situation doesn't uh, doesn't decree whether or not it's happy hour. It's the bar. Right, exactly. Right? It's always happy hour if it's happy hour at the bar. Exactly. All right, let's move on to some recos and call it a cast. What do you say, J-Dog? Mm-hmm. What's your first reco? Uh, so I've been watching a lot of Mystery Science Theater on YouTube. It mm-hmm. turns out, like, every single episode is on YouTube. Yep. Uh, the quality isn't... Uh, it's great, just because it's kind of blocky and pixelated and everything, uh-huh. but I have been enjoying the crap out of that. Do it. I've been watching, like, Mystery Science Theater every night, sometimes two episodes. Nice. What's your favorite one that you've watched recently? Oh, man, just off the top of my head, there was one, um, it was called Squirm. Yep. And it's, it's like, uh, this kid goes to the south. And, like, all the night crawlers got electrocuted and turned into killer worms. Uh-huh. And that was pretty good. There's nice. a lot of South bashing in that episode, which I kind of, I'm okay with South bashing. It's funny. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Just like I'm sure the South is fine with Pacific Northwest hipster bashing. Yeah. It's, uh, it's all in bashing. good humor. Equal opportunity bashing. But, I mean, like... The Mystery Science Theater guys are so Midwest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, like, their Midwesternness ekes out in their uh, goofing on the South in a pretty big way. Because <laughs> you're really not that far away. That's why I feel like... I, the Midwest is... They're pretty close to the South. Like, yeah. when you get into, like, Kentucky, you're actually kind of in the South. Oh, I think Kentucky's totally in the South. Yeah. I think the South pretty much figured out what the South was when they decided to secede from the Union. <laughs> <laughs> that pretty much was like, okay, now we know what's the south and what's the north. <laughs> That's a good point. How weird would it have been, though, if like it was like the north and the south during the Civil War, but also like Vermont was like declared yeah. for the south? <laughs> like one of these northern states like just totally Missouri, isolated. Was Missouri compromise? Wasn't Missouri in the north technically? I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's the whole, like, wasn't Missouri where they were basically the proto-Civil War was kind of fought? I have no idea. I need to get, I need to brush up on my War of Northern Aggression. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, um, my first record this week is going to be also on Netflix. It's a show called Long Way Down, and I got kind of obsessed with it. It's about Ewan McGregor and his buddy. Riding their motorcycles from oh, is that good? Northern Scotland to South Africa. There's two shows. There's Long Way Round, which is them riding from London to New York East, and then the other one is them riding from uh, from Scotland to South Africa. And they're both good, man. I could just watch the shit out of them. 
It's funny when if you're a talented enough guy and famous enough, you can just film whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, they get into a lot of like hairy situations, which is kind of great. Uh, but then a lot of it's just in like camping. So <laughs> there's that too. The camp cast. We got to do that this year. The camp cast. Yeah, dude. Well, like power. Uh, actually, logistically, it would be tough. I think we could do it. Let's we'll, do it. We'll bring the generator. Yeah. All right. What's your second record? Oh, naps, man. I am oh. loving naps lately. Took one today. Took one on Monday. <laughs> nice job. I the way I feel about it, like when you feel like you need a nap, that's your like your brain's way of being like, let's reboot this system. <laughs> this isn't working. We need to power down, power back up. We'll fire all the neurons in the correct order, and things are going to work better. So just give into it. Why not? Let the nap take over. You're, you'll feel better. All right. And then my second reco this week is going to be workout. Starting the Personal Arrogance Nerd Fitness Initiative again for myself. Oh, is it time for Panfee? Because it's I am time. ready. Yeah. And this is kind of what I do. Because if I'm at work and I get a little sleepy, I'm like, all right, time to go work out. And then you work out. And then after you work out, you're not sleepy anymore. That's another yeah, way to Yeah, I work on my brain. feet. So it, it's a little... Mine's the opposite. Yeah. yeah when I'm at sense. work... I like get exhausted. I'm like, I need to sit down for five minutes. <laughs> See me, I'm like, I'm sitting in my cube, and I'm like, all right, I got to go work out now, and then I'm done, and I feel great. Yeah, one of, and I get home, and I'm like, what are the not not aggressive? Like, I I feel great. Like my commute's fine. <laughs> not aggressive. I'm not aggressive. Normally, you're flipping over the table. <laughs> I get home, and I flip over the kitchen yeah. table. <laughs> I'm just saying that it can I get need out, to exercise. It gets out a lot of stress from the day. You know, like sometimes you get home and you're carrying a lot of stress from your day at work. And like working out, it just kind of is like, all right, done. done. So that's my, that's my second. Let's record. get it out. Sweat it out. All right, man. Well, that's a show. Uh, 179 in the books. Uh, so, uh, listener, thank you so much for listening. Please stay in touch, guys. Um, and if you live in SoCal, we'd love to see you down there. And remember that wherever you go, whatever you do, please stay stay arrogant.